Apex Shadow contains content that may prove upsetting for some listeners. Specific content warnings can be found in the show notes. A few years ago, Jack Dobson sits searching for meaning in a shot glass. The bar is dark and usually quiet, but he's never been a sports guy, so he had no idea there was anything worth watching tonight. A bunch of loud, obnoxious types are clustered around the bar's big screen TV. He's already made the trouble of stumbling out here, though, so he endures the crowd for now. Here, in this place, in this time. His brown hair is long and unkempt. An unruly beard chokes his features. When the bartender speaks to him, he regards the other man with dead eyes. Sir, don't you think you've had enough? Not even close. Trust me, I can handle it. I, sir, I really have to insist. No, you don't, man. Here. He slaps down a crumpled hundred-dollar bill. Line up a few more shots of your finest gut burner, and keep the rest of this for yourself, okay? Reluctantly, the bartender takes the offered cash. Then he lays out the shots. Fucking superhero. That's what you are. The first fresh shot is gone, almost quicker than the eye. And we all love superheroes in this town, don't we? (laughs) I... They're all right, I guess. (laughs) Just all right. Come on, saved us from a bunch of aliens a few months ago, didn't they? (laughs) Tell me the truth, Mr. Superhero Barman. (laughs) Got yourself any Apex shirts at home? Got an Apex bumper sticker? They make fucking coasters now. Imagine that shit. You got any of those? Jack drives back another shot. Killed a few thousand people being so fucking heroic, but who cares about that, right? <laughs> Lesser of two evils, blah, blah, blah. Fun fucking times all around. Sir, I'm sorry. You can have this money back. They killed my baby. Hmm. Did you know that? She was a... Uh... She was seven, man. Only seven. They make coasters. And my baby's dead. Another shot. Gone. I listened to her die. I'm very sorry. I've got a kid of my own. I'm sorry. Yeah, fucking... Everybody says that. Everyone says they're sorry. I wish they'd say something else. He loses himself in the quiet of his own mind again. Anything else? Maybe it's the drink soaking his brains or the misery clenching at his heart. But for some reason, he doesn't hear the woman coming up behind him, doesn't notice her at all until she's sitting next to him at the bar. Jack Dobson, I presume. He looks at her. High class. Rich. Too rich to be in here. Wrong guy, lady. No, I don't think so. She slides a slip of paper to the bartender. That check is made out to you, Mr. Rodriguez. It should be enough to convince you to never let my friend drink here again. I... what? 
that this is... I don't think I've ever seen so many zeros in my... Are you sure? Leave us, please. Hell yeah, I'm gone. Jesus, I think I'm gonna go quit. Well, <clears throat> you have my attention, at least. Good. Glad to hear it. Who are you? And what the fuck do you want? Be quick about it. My name is Madison Park. I'm wealthier than any person has any right to be. And I'm trying to put that wealth towards a project for the betterment of all mankind. Good. Yeah, great. Your fucking Nobel Prize is up. Uh, it's in the mail, I'm sure. You're in pain. You're adrift. You have a terrible anger inside of you, and you're trying to cope with it, but it's eating you alive. Oh, so this is getting personal, huh? That's what we're doing? I, I can't fix what was done to you, Jack. I wish that I could, but a man of your talent... Talents? I'm not here to expose you, Jack. I'm here as a friend. I'm not interested in your misspent youth. And what are you interested in? Your studies in psychology. Your unique perspectives on young people with superpowers. The papers you've written on trauma responses to superhuman crises? Listen, I never actually finished my degrees. Yes, you did. All of them. As of... ten minutes ago, at least. What the hell did you do? What I needed to. You're more than qualified anyway, we both know it. It's, a uh, Formality. It's not your fault that life... took you down a different path. Lady, you are fucking scary. I'm here to help, Jack. To help other people, to help you. I want you to come work for me. I promise that I'll pay you extremely well for your services. Doing what, exactly? In a fair, insane world, what happened to you would never happen to anyone else. But it will. And when it does... I want my organization to be there. To help them when no one else can or will. She puts a hand atop Jack's own, and he can't help but meet her gaze. That's what I want from you, Jack. To help me save the world. Apex Shadow, Episode 5, Who We Are in the Dark, Part 2, featuring the voices of Star Lee, Joseph Boslinski, Loretta Chang, Summer Rose, Derek Yurichich, Sarah Jacqueline, Callista Robinson, Alexandria Hudson, and Demonic Seed, with production and sound design by Christopher Z. After the confrontation, after she found her mother, she screamed 
and cried until she didn't think she could anymore. Then Lena called the police. But then, of course, when the first of the uniforms came through the door, when she found herself face to face with Detective Kavanaugh a few minutes after that, she kept finding new tears. Always more of them, clawing their way past her eyes. It's going to be okay, Lena. Kate's lying, of course, and she knows it. But what else is she supposed to say? This has always been the part that she's bad at. I'm sorry to ask, but you're sure it was him? The bag man. Lena gives the detective a nod like her head's on a rusted spring. I saw him, detective. I fought him. She gestures to the destruction amidst the carnage, the smoldering holes in the walls, the almost comically obliterated furniture, the countless shards of shattered glass littered like devilish caltrops amid all the blood. I... I kept hitting him. Hitting him over and over. I was giving him everything I had. I've never used that much power in my life. But he just kept getting back up, pulling himself together, and he was... He was laughing the whole time. I didn't really understand why. Kate watches her hug her own shoulders tight, retreating in on herself. Now I do. I'm sorry, Lena. I... Uh, did he say anything to you before he took off? Anything that might help us find him? No. Just that he'd be back. He said that he'd always come back. Called me the meal of a lifetime. Whatever the hell that means. Kate watches the young woman's eyes start to pierce the early morning gloom with a deep violet glow. As she clenches her fists tight, more of the same energy starts to spark off her in shallow, ragged jolts. Hey, hey, hey. I know. I know. I'm sorry. You can't do that here, Lena. Come on. Easy. Kate watches Lena's face contort with rage, anguish, so many other things. But a few moments pass, and then she lets out a long, choppy breath. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, me too. What else can she offer her? Hours ago, she was calling this girl a killer. Now her mother is dead. Because she tried to stop a killer her department didn't even know existed. The only reason she's not suspicious of Lena now is that while this bagman was killing her mother, Kate had her in a box. Kate! A moment? Never before has Kate been so relieved by one of Dr. K's interruptions. Yeah, of course. Lena, I will be right back, alright? We'll... you'll be... okay. No, it won't. Kate tries not to literally run away at that. Well, your bedside manner still leaves a lot to be desired. <sighs> if I have to hear that from you, it'll mean I'm truly beyond help. I have faith in you. Yeah, sure. What do you got there, Doc? Anything's better than nothing. Well, seems that our slasher chased Miss Barrow's mother through the house. Cut her to ribbons along the way. 
She tried to barricade herself in the bathroom upstairs, but, well, in any case, all these intermittent splats and sprays of blood and other things, I can't be certain without proper testing, but I'd bet anything they all belong to her. Wait, so even with all the damage the Burroughs girl was doing to this sick fuck? Nothing of him left behind, but... I've got a theory if you'd care to hear it. No, I'd prefer blissful fucking ignorance, but tell me anyway. He's not regenerating. But she said he kept healing. No, she said he kept pulling himself together. I think if you followed up on that with her, you'd find that she meant it quite literally. Remember the lack of evidence from her confrontation at the park? Yeah, of course. What are you- Dr. K holds up what was once a picture frame, shattered in the course of the night's horrific events. The glass. Imagine it's metahuman skin. Most capes I've seen with healing factors thus far, their damaged bits regrow anew. Fresh glass would start growing out from the edges, patching things up. But your killer? My guess. It's as much as if the shattered glass were to go flying back up into the frame coming home again, as it were. So he found no blood, no tissue, nothing because... Because it all just went straight back to where it came from. That's... (laughs) Exciting, right? I was going to say horrifying, actually. Oh, right. Of course. Both of them look to where Lena sits on a battered ottoman, staring at a wall, smeared with a bloody handprint. It's always horrifying in the end. Captain Donahue has been to see Madison Park many times before now. Ever since she worked her way into his life, offered her unique brand of assistance, there have been many occasions for him to stand before her in this room. But today feels just a bit different. She barely looks at him, tapping furiously at her keyboard instead. Her face is shrouded in a thundercloud, her mouth a thin, taut line. Her hair is pulled back today in a severely tight fashion that reminds him of his mother. He wonders if perhaps she'd done that on purpose. It's exactly the sort of stunt she'd pull. You're not happy. What gave it away, William? Cut the shit. I've done everything you've asked. You have. Apparently, though, it's not enough. You asked me to play keyboard with the fucking bag, man, and that's what I did. I don't fucking know why. Because why the hell would you start telling me anything? And what do you fucking know, Madison? She found her way into the middle of that mess anyway. What do you want from me? Are you familiar with the concept of the butterfly effect, William? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the movie with the pretty boy. Good enough, I guess. William, a butterfly might flap its wings in the wrong place at the wrong time and cause a hurricane on the other side of the world. She takes a very long, very heavy pause. The silence between them is punctuated by even more agitated keystrokes. But then again... Even those hurricanes might serve their own sort of purpose, don't you think? 
I fucking hate rich people. That's what I think. <laughs> Honestly, so do I. Her eyes find Donahue's. They're heavy, gray, and sad. There are things at play here that, well, that she's not a part of, William. You told me you'd handle this. Yeah? You know what? What if I tell you fuck it? What if I just want to be a good fucking cop again? What if I don't want to be a puppet dancing on the strings of some fucking rich white bitch pretending to be Gandhi while she's secretly the devil in human flesh? What if I say I'll deal with the fucking consequences right after I deal with you? You're too smart for that. If you were going to try wandering down that path, you would have started a long time ago. Like I said, the devil. This debt we pay to human guile, with torn and bleeding hearts we smile, and mouth with myriad subtleties. What? Paul Lawrence Dunbar. What's it mean? It means if you don't solve the problem that is Detective Kavanaugh, I'm going to have to do it myself. Megan Baxter has been a huge help to Lena, one of the only bright spots in all the horrible black miasma that has rapidly consumed her life. As soon as she heard what had happened, she'd set Lena up in her second condo on the east side. Apparently, she hadn't been kidding about being the very expensive kind of lawyer. It's a beautiful place, like stepping into a dream. But Lena's just grateful to lay her head in a place that hasn't been corrupted by misery and terror. Now she sits across from Megan's friend, Jack, a quiet man with brown hair and glasses, and there are so many things she could say, if she even knew where to begin. So, I've got to know, what's your honest opinion on the, uh, the coffee? That is not the kind of question she was expecting. It's, it's good. Is it? Yeah, I... It's really nice, honestly. I don't even drink coffee, usually. But this is pretty good. It's some crazy New Age Colombian blend my boss pays to have shipped in special. It's supposed to promote healing and, um, <clears throat> good vibes. She looks at him in mid-sip, watches the apologetic smile spread across his face. <laughs> good vibes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Good vibes. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I'm sorry. Uh, no, by all by all means. Mm, the best vibes. <laughs> god damn it. I'm cured. That's <laughs> That's our secret, honestly. Uh, the coffee is the most expensive thing in this place uh, because it's loaded with those vibes. <clears throat> I, oh man, I, Mr. Dobson. Jack, please, <clears throat> it's all right. I, has anyone ever told you you're a bit of a dork? <laughs> that, you know, it's it's been brought to my attention, yes. Well, don't change. I... that was... She wipes tears from her face, trying to regain her composure as the gray starts to seep back into her world. 
Don't change. All right? I'll do my best. Is that why Megan wanted me to come here? So you'd make me laugh? I, I don't usually get many laughs out of people, Lena, so... Probably not. But I I'm sure she was hoping I could help. Thanks. I... You know, you already did help. A lot. Thanks for calling in the cavalry the other day. At the police station. Oh, that it's... Uh, no problem. Seriously. Got her on speed dial. She's great. I love her. I heard it caused a lot of problems with your friend, the detective. We had a bit of a fight, yeah. She's a cop. I'm a social worker. It's all right. We, we just have different ways of helping the world. That's very diplomatic of you. No, thank you. I try. I always wanted to help. My whole life. Well, now that we're both... <laughs> Filled up on the vibes. Uh, would you like to tell me about that? It's really, it's, it's stupid. Especially now, it's, I, I don't know. I don't think it's ever stupid to want to help people, Lena. Yeah, but I put on that costume. And just a few days later, my mom, my mom was, she- You are not responsible for that man's actions, Lena. Please know that, all right? I, I didn't know your mother, but I would hope that she'd tell you the same thing. I miss her. I already miss her so much. I can imagine, Lena. I'm, I'm sorry. She looks up at him, dabbing at her eyes again. She tries on a smile, and though it's awkward and heavy, it's real. You know what it's like, don't you? What makes you say that? I don't know. I think maybe it's the vibes. Well, <clears throat> Lena, you saved that woman in the park the other night. She'd be dead if not for you. I, I think your mother would be really proud of you. Amberlyn Vega. Amber to most of her friends, may complain about the difficulties of her job here at Calibern from time to time, the stress of managing so much for so many. But the truth is, she loves what she does. In many cases, she's the first interaction a lot of people have with their group. That means something to her. She takes all calls with as much grace and compassion as she can manage. But even so... When the man in the dark-hooded raincoat shambles in through the front door, the alarms start blaring inside of her head. Welcome to Caliburn Services. How can I help you today? Oh, oh, that's very kind of you. I do believe you can help me. Yes, yes, you can. He lifts his head up, and she sees the leather mask, the red painted-on smile. Without question... Her thumb jams the button under her desk. Then, in practically the same motion, she moves to grab the pulse gun, hidden there as well. Oh, naughty, naughty girl! He moves like a shadow out of a nightmare, but Amber's trained for this. The gun clears the desk, and she doesn't even aim, just lets it rip in his direction. Two bolts of blue energy streak forward, slamming into the bagman, and his body seizes up as a crackle rips through the air. He stops, five feet from her, 
vibrating furiously. She could smell him. Musty leather. Rotting meat. She knows he's smiling under there, whoever he is. You are not welcome here, sir. She holds her ground, but the reprieve is short-lived. The bagman starts to cackle like some sort of demonic hyena and, seemingly shaking off the neural disruptor, slams his own head against the edge of Amber's desk. Jesus! She throws herself back, firing again, but this time, the bagman moves too fast. The bolt misses him entirely, breaking apart against the far wall. Before she knows it, he's on her, his one hand around her throat, the other holding a knife. Yow! I have to tell you, Toots, I'm not feeling especially satisfied with this quality of care. Mm. But it would really help me if you could point me towards Miss Lena Burroughs. I know she's here. I can always find my playmates when I really want to, once I get a taste for them. He laughs again. He is malice. Death. He is a complete void of light. And Amber spits in his face. Make an appointment next time, asshole! Oh my! I really, really like you. The lights in Madison Park's office turn a deep, ominous red. An alert flashes across her computer screen. Hmm. Well, lockdown, it seems. She lets out a long, sad sigh and closes her eyes. Guess we're right on schedule after all. As the lights turn over in Jack's office, Lena's eyes widen with shock and fear. What? What's going on? We're in lockdown. Is... Oh God. Is he here? He's here, isn't he? He came for me here? Lena, L Lena, listen to me. It's gonna be fine, okay? Stay here, use my phone. Call Kate. It's gonna be a lot quicker than 911. Her number's on the board, okay? Call her, then lock yourself in. No, if it's him, you can't go out there by yourself. I have to. I'll be all right, I promise. Stay here. Jack leaves Lena behind in his office. He hopes she'll listen. The fewer prying eyes there are, the easier the next few minutes will be. He's already slipped his glasses off and into his shirt pocket and rolled up his sleeves. He'd prefer not to get any blood on them. When Jack arrives in the foyer, he sees Amber on the floor with the dark-clad man in the mask standing over her. Oh, hello. I'm sorry to disappoint you, my good man, but I tend to only play with the women. I'm boringly hetero about the whole thing, really. Uh, can't help our natures, though, can we? Did you kill her? What? No, this yummy number. No, 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 no. She's just unconscious. A thrilling round of impromptu breath play between friends. I need to have some leftovers after I'm done with Miss Burroughs, don't I? And this one. Oh, let me tell you. Love her chutzpah. It does things to me. Just wait. I'm about to do things to you, too. I'm... I'm sorry, but didn't I just outline my preferences? Consent's very important these days, you know. By the way, where's Lena? I wouldn't worry about it. Oh, why is that? You're not leaving here alive. 
Wait. What did you just- Jack starts to move forward, his mind filled with horrible things. And then, there comes a roar like a fighter jet fired from a cannon. Violet light streaks past, and the bagman is thrown against the wall, cracking marble. God damn it! You killed my mother, you animal! Each strike from Lena is like a thunderclap. Jack can see, even through the spectacular light show Lena's throwing off with her attacks, that she's tearing into him. Literally. You're not getting away! Not this time! He breaks apart under her, coming away in bloody chunks. But all the while, he's laughing. And against the glare, Jack can see. Just as fast as Lena damages him, he pieces himself back together again. <laughs> it's so wonderful to see you again! This is bad. Nothing's slowing him down. But as Jack watches Lena pummel him, hears the bagman's demented cackling, puzzled pieces start to snap together in his mind. Lena, I need you! At Jack's call for aid, she doesn't hesitate. She falls back, glowing bright, fists clenched and ready even as blood and teeth fall freely from them, oozing back across the floor to their owner. I had to help. I'm sorry, I, I couldn't stay behind. I know, I know, but it, you see him? It's... God damn it! it's not working! I think I know how he's doing it. You... you do? I think so. The bagman, still laughing, seemingly having the time of his life, rises up like a horror movie monster from the depths of a dark lake. When you move like that, can you take people with you, safely? I... yeah. It's an energy field. Anyone with me is protected from the friction and the... whatever. I don't really know how it all works, but yes. Good. You called Kate? Yeah. She's on her way. There was a lot of profanity. Sounds about right. Listen, take Amber and go. Get away from him. He's feeding on you. What? Trust me, alright? You have to go. The bagman's all but finished recovering, but Jack notices his laughter is starting to falter. But you... he'll kill you, Jack! I'm tougher than I look. Trust me, okay? She needs you. It takes her a moment. Her eyes flick back and forth between the two men. But then... I'm on it. Wait! No! Don't! The thunder comes again. The light. And then just like that, in two explosions of magnificent power, both the women are gone. And Jack Dobson smiles. No, 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 no. You, you ruined a really good thing here, motherfucker. It's the fear, isn't it? You need them to be afraid. You don't, I don't know what you're- When I was younger, in a different line of work, I met a few people like you. No one's like me, you impudent, rat shit, scum sucking. I'm going to take your fucking eyes. No, no. There are plenty of people like you. Halfway healers. Can't make anything new. Just pull themselves back together, patch up the rest. I bet your body looks like a horror show under all that leather. You! You dare! I. Uh... You need fuel to make it work. For a lot of them, it's food calories, but for you, the way you terrorize the girls, the way you're cowering now that Alina just left. Oh, but she is. She's a brave one, isn't she? That puts a hole in your brilliant theory, you dull-headed fuck. No, 
He strides forward now, his expression set. The bagman finds himself backing up against the wall, away from the man advancing on him like the grim fucking reaper. She's incredible. Even after everything you've done to her, she'll push her fear down deep inside. She'll overcome it, and she'll fling herself at you with everything she has. Because she's stronger than a coward like you will ever be. Jack's smile widens. It's the look a cat might give a cornered mouse. But I'm not afraid of you at all. You're nothing to me. We'll see about that. He lunges forward, stabbing at Jack with the knife. Eat this, you cocksure son of a... The blade of the knife snaps clean off. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. What follows is quick, brutal, and efficient. Jack snaps the bagman's arm like a twig, and the sound that comes from beneath the mask is so high-pitched. Jack wonders how many dogs in the city just perked their ears up. With callous disregard, he slams the killer up against the wall and takes his head in his hands. No, no, please, please. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. I swear. Don't. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And I don't care. Jack rears back, about to end this fucking nightmare once and for all. And then he catches a glimpse through the doorway. Jesus. You're one lucky piece of trash, aren't you? What? Without warning, Jack hurls himself backwards, away from the bagman, and his face twists into a facsimile of terror. What the hell are you doing? Stop! Stop this! You don't need to kill anymore! What the fuck? Let me help you! On that note, Kate Kavanaugh enters the lobby of Caliburn Services, and both men stare at her. Oh. Hiya, boys police. She strafes her way around to the front of the bagman, her weapon drawn. Drop that knife, you fucking horror show. You're under arrest. Kate, please, he's sick. He, uh, you have to be careful. I've got plenty of caution right here, Jack. Twelve rounds of it. You'll be alright, just hang tight. (laughs) Oh, you devious fuck. You sneaky lying liar. What what are you talking about? Crazy ones always love to talk mad shit. It's exhausting. Knife down. I won't fucking ask again. I'm under you now, fucker. I know who you are. I know who you really are. I'll be back for my lovely little Lena. And I'll be back for this cutie from the front desk. And I'll be coming back for you. Kate fires. Then fires again. And again. And again. No. No. That one way better than I thought it would. The bagman stumbles forward in shock, clutching at himself. Red seeps between his fingers in rivers. No. No, 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 no. Not like this. No. Before Jack or Kate can react, with perhaps the last remnants of his preternatural speed. The bagman lances away, down the hall, blood trailing behind him. Son of a bitch. Jack, stay here. I've got him. No, Kate, wait! Lena! Lena, darling! Where are you? Papa needs a fucking pick-me-up, you useless whore. 
One by one, he checks the doors as he stumbles through the complex, staying ahead of Kate, but only just. But try as he might, every door is closed to him. Every single door, except for one. As the world swims around him, and his insides churn madly on what fumes remain to try and hold the madman together, he stumbles into the office of Madison Park. Oh, oh, hello. I'm sorry, darling. You're not my first choice, but you'll... You'll have to do. Madison stands up from her desk, rolling her neck on her shoulders. She looks tired. Tired and very bored. You're revolting. Wait, what did... That... He tries to get his bearings, looking around him frantically. Surely, the lady cop who put these goddamn holes in him must be right on his tail. Oh, no. Jack and Detective Kavanaugh won't be joining us. Time's moving... a bit differently for them right about now. Time. One of the many things I've put my energies towards getting a real handle on. It's amazing what you can do when you truly apply yourself. But I don't feel like explaining it to you. You are just too hideous to bother with. The bagman blinks, and somehow, now, she's in front of him, grasping him roughly by his forehead. Where the fuck is this place? A stepping stone to the future. But you won't get to enjoy it, I'm afraid. The look she gives him now is one of somber pity. You've served your purpose. The world ahead of us has no place for you. Besides, you've got a secret in your head that I won't allow you to keep. What the fuck are you? Beyond you, that's what. I want you to know. I could do this gently with the grace of a surgeon's scalpel. But you're foul. You're vile. There's no forgiveness for the things you've done. And you're now a threat to someone who means a lot to me. Wait. So you don't get the scalpel. You get the hammer. Kate hears a horrible scream, so heartrending. She can scarcely believe it's human. She's not sure she's heard anything like it before in her life. She moves fast, rounding the corner into a large, ostentatious office, where she finds Madison Park, standing over the bagman, now kneeling, head hanging limply on his neck, blood pooling beneath him, broken knife beside him on the floor. Uh, I'm a secret. Yes. No. You do. Peanut butter. Oh, flies. Peanut butter. Dolphins on roller skates. What the fuck? He had a breakdown, I think, Stop. detective. Fell to his knees and started this. Oh, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. You alright? Yes, I don't think he'll be a threat to anyone anymore. Kate moves swiftly kicking the knife away from the bagman and locking him in cuffs. Yeah, we'll see about that. You sure you're okay? 
Absolutely. Just thinking about butterflies. 